0: Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 149. This week on the show, I've got an incredible conversation with Jeff Sayoun. Some of you guys may remember him as one of the guitarists in Let Live back in the day. Um, he's got a new solo project, kind of a side project, uh, his new primary focus uh in music and that is Erase Theory um super stoked to be bringing you guys this conversation we talked about a lot of different stuff including the fact uh that he had to change the band name already uh roughly three weeks after dropping the first single under a different project name he had to go through and and change the name to Erase Theory um which we talk about a little bit in this episode so you'll you'll hear us talk about that uh towards the end uh, but we also talked about you know starting a new project evolving the sound and being authentic to himself um kind of the evolution and growth that he's seen through the music industry and um how that's played a factor in everything that he's grown to do so uh huge shout out to him for taking the time to have this conversation with me um we actually had it a few weeks ago but we had to wait for approval to go through for the name change and everything to make sure that we could get this right so yeah super stoked to be bringing you this conversation um so let's dive into it this is my conversation with jeffy yeah awesome so uh to kick things off i do always start with the same boring ass question simple introduction man who are you and kind of why are we having this conversation all right cool uh, I'm, I'm
1: jeff i usually go by jeffy it's, that's that team seem, seems to be the the norm um you know i'm just this uh, i'm just an artist um wall calipers I, I just love creating making some noise um you know I've been on a stage since i was young i think i'm um most known for being the guitarist of all the uh, post um Punk band, hardcore, whatever you want to, whatever, whatever genre that falls into, <laughs> uh, right? Um, so, let live was a huge part of my life for the majority, probably, probably for the most pivotal um, um, time in, in my life as growing up to to being this short five foot five man that I've become today. Um, aside from that, you know, I, I produce, I engineer. Um, I spend most of my time in studios. Um, more recently, I've teamed up with a, a smaller boutique label based out of Sweden, uh, but the direct office that I um, work out of is based in London. Um, and I think somewhere between the lines, I fell into an introduction uh, being introduced to you. Yep. And- I have just started releasing music for the first time in about four years, so uh, it's it's very exciting. Um, I'm super hyped on everything, um, and with the with the releases, I think we have a good there, there's a solid amount of time um, for for me dropping new content, um, more or less starting in 2023. But yeah. I did me drop a single called "Lost It." Um, followed up with a video just as a reintroduction to, you know, I've just missed, I've, I've missed a lot of, uh, I've missed a lot of faces and I've missed the stage and, you know, I definitely had to explore different avenues in life that I, I had interests in and I think when my last project kind of, you know, went, went to bed for a little bit, um, it kind of opened up doors and opportunities for me to kind of pursue those those interests. Um, so now, I mean, fast forward, you know, four and a half, whatever years it's been, um, I'm here and kind of introducing the, the world or whoever's willing to listen to my new creations and just whatever noise that I've been creating for the last few years. Um, yeah. So I'm grateful, thankful to be here with you. And um, I think that that kind of sums up how I uh, fell onto your uh, beautiful podcast here. So
0: um, yeah, for, for I- sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, no and I, I think the the thing, you know, for people that maybe are old let live fans or maybe maybe more so for people that aren't familiar with with let live, talk a little bit about how, you know, like you said, that project kind of went to bed a few years ago and you started doing the production and this kind of mixing and mastering and getting into that world. Was that something that you've always you know, had a little bit of desire to to do or was it kind of, born out of necessity for you
1: yeah uh well uh, i can probably answer that in two ways well i've been i've been a a mixed recording engineer since i was a kid so i've always i've I've always been doing that um you know coming out of fresh out of high school or college or i sucked so bad when i was young that i couldn't even pay somebody to record me and back then you know weeds in it i was recording the tape like there was no no you know, nothing was really digitalized. There was no such thing as auto-tune. I mean, every time you were fucking up your recordings, you were costing everybody more money because, you know, you had to get more tape. And, you know, we didn't have that. So the foundation of all of this kind of stemmed from, from that, from those aspects um, of, of audio when I was just a kid growing up. So in Let Live, whenever I wasn't touring, I was always in studios over here, recording other artists or writing my own stuff or working on that live stuff. Um, So it's kind of always, it's, it's always kind of been a part of my life. Um, And then from there, you know, comes like film scoring and doing things for like, I was in the advertising world for a little bit doing commercials for like Target, Zillow, Uber, Barbie, 7-Eleven, Taco Bell. Um, And it it did that like 2017, 18, like full-time, like 18, 20 hour shifts in studios, just, which was awesome because you know anytime I watch TV or turn the radio on, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I, I was the music director of this or um, so. Yeah, I think it's just always been a part of me, and I think anything, anytime I try to escape it, it haunts me. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. It's a it's a weird energy, but that's a legitimate uh, statement. I mean, I, I truly. I've been playing music since I was, since I was a kid. I'm, I'm weird. I'm always going to tap. I'm always going to hum. My mom's always going to smack the back of my head at a dinner table because I'm fucking doing something obnoxious, uh, just subconsciously. Um, no matter how hard I try to escape it, that will always just be a part of, you know, my persona, I suppose, and what I'm all about and what I do. So if I'm not on a stage, I'm in a room somewhere making noise somewhere in Los Angeles or, now, more recently in the world, because I can fit a studio in a backpack at this point, because I don't really need a tape machine. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah.
0: A talk, lot. talk a little bit about that, too, because I think, you know, for us old heads, if you will, you know, I think that's one of the terms the kids use. Uh, <laughs> I'm 37. So, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. But talk a little bit about, you know, that change that you've seen occur on the production side going from. Having those massive tape recorders and the true life, you know, the the term footage was because there was feet of ribbon that you were using, and now it's like, oh well, I still say footage, but I really just mean how many minutes that that recording was. Uh, how was that transition for you away from the analog days into this digital age now? Oh my God, you know how hard it, you know shit right now <laughs> but
1: um because because i am that now as well um especially with with the project that i'm doing now and releasing it, everything is so digitalized everything that i'm doing now i've always i've always admired like the electronic aspects of um of anything really it could be audio to like even the circuits the wiring of my guitar my amplifiers i've always been that I'm hella nerdy. And yeah. I I love doing all that stuff. So um, for me, in the situation that I was in, in creating all of this, I, you know, moving past COVID, uh, the studio that I had a residency at for over 13 years, a like huge production, you know, that shut down, different studios I had residencies at also closed down, uh, people kind of couldn't afford to maintain, you know, their, their limits and things like that. So I was definitely—I can't say forced, but I—I I was putting myself through through school, gaining different certifications, and I was always in my room and kind of lost access to this huge, beautiful studio with my drum sets and everything. And everything kind of sat in my room, um, so I kind of had to explore and navigate different ways to still, you know, bring my vision to life and kind of, you know, express myself in, in the sonic realm of things. Um, which is what I've always done, but without a studio and I live in an apartment, so, you know, I'm not blasting, you know, my cabs and things like that. So, but there's, there's so many different toys and like, I, I have, I have literally now, uh, I have a quad cortex, which is a neural DSP, a little, uh, amplifier mm-hmm. fits in my backpack. And then I have like a little Apollo twin and I have every preamp and every channel strip known to man fits in my backpack. Um, my microphone fits in my backpack i more or less just carry a guitar and a bass around um you know i am able to you can see here even i have like an electronic drum set here yeah. set up, which is you know directly directly inputted into my my dom i set up i drum quantize I, I edit i write everything that i do is now digitalized but 15 years ago that shit was not happening that was me or or any I'll just speak amongst myself because I, I never mean any uh I admire the way anybody processes noise and creates their art. I think there is beautiful aspects to everything. Um 20 years ago, I was fucking so so punk rock and everything had to be analog and yeah. there were drum replacements and we were so anti and no unacceptable, you know. Um <clears throat> It's just so easy, it's just so easy now. And forgive me if I get punished for saying that, but I think there's some factual tone to to that. Because back in the day, I played my guitar for like, my God, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. I, I rehearsed my vocal, I formed like, my craft had to be, I had this obsession with perfection. I had to practice, I had to practice. Because if I showed up to a studio that our mother or, or our parents paid, wherever we got the money from to pay for those rooms back then, right? fucking expensive, dude. And I wasn't delivering. There wasn't really a way to, you know, fix that. I remember the, the, the way we punched him in the tracks was like this little tiny remote control that the engineer used to keep on his pocket. That was, pro- I, don't, I don't even remember. I couldn't even tell you how that was plugged into the DAW or whatever it is they were using. Um, so I think the first dog I was introduced to was sonar. If That's even the right, that even the right word. I think so. (laughs) I'm so detached. And when I remember when this guy first pulled, you know, this little, this little gadget out with this button, he's like, I'm going to play this back two bars. When this part comes in, play, like play along and I'm going to punch it in. And I'm like, what are you saying to me right now? What, like, I'm I can record over what I just did. And that started everything. I mean, I have the worst vocal performance recordings that I've ever, like probably a little cassette tapes in a closet somewhere, because there was no auto-tune. There, there were no quantizations, there, there was no MIDI mapping. There was, you know, go in and change the velocity as humanize this. I didn't have any, we didn't have any of that at all. It was, no, be a human, be an artist, show up to the studio, perform, and then if you're great, I mean, you're great. Right, um, I, and there was no way to really mask that kind of kind of like you can't lie to video, you know. Like yeah. there's no really like cut. Not yet, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But cameras don't lie, you know. Like right now, like you are smiling and laughing at. Like you're right. at good time right now. There's no way for me to unless I save it, add a filter, there's post production magic, you right. know, that that shit. But. That's how, you know, that was the evolution of the studio and and how things came about. Now, I mean, I can control where the air comes out of your throat. If I felt like it, I can map out anything that I do. I can, I have created songs in complete silence where I have not made a single sound. The only thing that you heard is my voice in a microphone because I, you know, obviously I'm a human, right. But, and I'm able to do that. I think it's brilliant and I, I do think I do respect that but I'm always going to keep it old school like I'm, I'm always going to be attracted to that like I still till this day I'm doing 50 60 passes at like verses or courses and I'm comping things out in detail rather than relying on like a, a plug-in and right. my I have this one other person involved in my project his name is Jonathan um, Dulce and he works out of Nashville he's like he helps me kind of polish everything out at the end because i i sit here in these rooms i do everything on my own and i'll spend months or weeks or whatever it is on the track and you get a little my ears just become a little numb and it's always healthy to bring in a fresh set of ears to the room so he's one of my best friends i love him to death and and he'll come in and the first thing that i say and he'll you know he's he's probably gonna he'll he'd say the same thing first thing i fucking say is like please don't stick an auto tuner on my damn track Like if we need specific words, I'll sing it or I'll change it again. It just, you know, it kind of loses the character. Just just to me, that's just me. Vibrato. Everybody's got their own way, but um, back in the day, I couldn't do that. I was limited on the amount of takes that I can perform. It just was not. It just wasn't. But yeah. Oh yo, man! Like you gotta. You have an iMac or or a MacBook Pro, laptop, anything?
0: garage, anything? like mac yeah macbook pro and uh, logic i mean you can Log- run it you know
1: presets everything's pre everything is so obtainable now and and if you don't know it youtube it and you can definitely figure it out figure it out so um but again i think it's it's we're, it's just this era this era of releasing and creating and everything in, in the the realm of audio and music is so different and I I detached myself for probably four and a half five years I'd say I just yeah. sat in a box and just studied and did that I mean even now releasing music is fucking different it's so different and I'm learning so much and this is from I've been on a stage since I was 13 years old you know right Definitely my late 30s at this point and I feel like I have to educate myself again on like how to do something that I've done my whole life because it's different and Gaining attention is different and everything is different. And now it's you need to sit on TikTok and do this. I'm like, okay, but I make music too. Like I I make records, make I make music. Like, yeah, that's cool, but go on TikTok and and do that instead. And I'm like, okay. Then I need to sit down and think, you know, for four or five hours on how to create something, do it, edit it to create these 30 second or one minute reels. And then I'm stressing because I had like two verses to sing on where I think the priority should have been there, but it's right. pushed to the left. And it's the dichotomy between the two worlds is sometimes complicated to figure out. And forgive me, I might sound just like an old ass fucking, <laughs> you know. But either <clears throat> just no, real, I, these are just what I'm dealing with right now, like trying to figure out, trying to find the the, the most intelligent. You know, ways of keeping maintaining my integrity. You know, of releasing and exposing myself into the world and sharing what I created with everybody do I don't want to do so badly, but trying to figure out how to, you know, pass these hurdles of how the fuck do I use in a TikTok like this? Or my cousin's TikTok, little cousin's TikTok looks way fucking cooler than mine. does. <laughs> his shit goes viral, but my stuff is actually in real life way fucking cooler than whatever he. Does. But he looks like a badass. Yeah. And I just a dated, you know, punk rock dude who just, I just want to get on stage and play. But, but this shit's so real. Like it's, it's, it's all real. And even talking about the studios and the progression and the, the, the all of it. So yeah. fucking like, it's, that's insane. Yeah. But where we're at, and this is the climate of entertainment. And this is, you know, you, you got to kind of follow suit, but make it your own. So that's kind of where I'm at right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, for sure. I did double check it. It was uh, it was Sonar, and it was <laughs> produced by Cakewalk back in the day.
1: Dude, Cakewalk! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. near yeah. it on that software. I mean, and then Pro Tools kind of started coming around. And we were right. very like, Pro Tools like, no, that's stupid. Like, what? That's like the industry standard. That's some corporate shit. No, fuck that. I'm never
0: gonna do. It. And now that
1: whole A- life. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then you had um, Fruity Loops was more of the hip hop side at the time. And just, man, it, you know, it is crazy. And I'm glad you you talked about it because, you know, for us old guys, like seeing the, the world transition, you know, when we were growing up, we were at the cutting edge. You know, we were pre-social media, but then we were at the cutting edge when like MySpace dropped, Friendster, LiveJournal back in the day. And that it all progressed into, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And like you were saying, you know, especially now from a marketing standpoint, it's not the same as it was back then, you know, back then it was, I have to get to radio or I have to do these things. I have to hit the streets. I have to do this. Now it's okay. I have to spend, like you said, four or five hours by myself recording myself do fucking TikToks. And that's how I'm going to get my music out there. Um, and it's a really fucking weird time to, to be alive, but it also, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because as weird as it is and as foreign to you and I as it is, it has become so fucking easy to put stuff out and so fast to get stuff out versus, you know, back in the day, like you were saying, however many studio sessions you could afford to record that album And then you had to wait and then you wait for masters and you wait for production and all this. And now it's like, bro, can you just email me my fucking song? I want to drop it. (laughs) The best when me and Jonathan do sessions. Like some, some of it's remote. Sometimes
1: I'm in London or somewhere else, you know, wherever I am in the world and I'm working with him on a computer. In fact, there was even a software he introduced me to where I was cutting vocals from another country in real time. And it like, I love it. Like I such a nerd. I just like, I'm freaking out over this, uh, because as much as, as much as we can complain or this and whatever it is, you know, getting your music out now, oh, it works in your favor. I mean, it's so easy to, to do. Um, but I think it's always about taking it that one step extra to kind of separate yourself somehow from how everyone else is doing it, but still, you know, kind of using those platforms and to to kind of express yourself and get your creation known and heard to the world yeah. but then there was that argument of like it's so in infl- like it's so saturated it's just overly it's just so much and and even a lot of people are not artists they'll just write one or two songs and they still put it out and it clouds it clouds and clouds and clouds
0: yeah, for sure. And, um, I'm going to forget the exact stat now, but it's like 60,000 songs per day, per day are pushed to Spotify.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. Do you know what I used to do when I was a kid? I used to <laughs> run on my tape player when I got home from school with my notepad. Yep. You know, I used to have the, the the cassette tape and I used to wait for, you know, the radio station to play the song I waited for all day long. And when it did, like you hit record and yeah. we track. And then I had that song a repeat and I'm writing lyrics down on a notepad, you know, just so I can like sing it back. And yeah, my God, my God. And, or even creating like 20 years ago or something, you know, it made a record, like you just said, wait for the masters, wait for this. And then I'm burning CDs and putting stickers on these things. I still have them in my garage somewhere. And then I'm driving somewhere with a backpack to hand it out after a show. Like yeah. you was one of those guys that like after the, the show is over in the venue and all these fucking people are throwing
0: paper and shit, you know, yeah. I was
1: listening to my band, listen to my band,
0: but that's how we drew crowds. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say back then, you know, the whole street team thing was how you did it. Like, if so and you could always tell, like, at, maybe I'm a little biased because I you know, came through the music scene, heavily influenced as well, and have done the music journalism for fucking almost 20 years now. But, yeah. you know, like, I can remember coming out of a, a number of different venues, and you would always see the same people. And you're like, man, I fucking hope that guy breaks out because like, I- they're oh. out here hustling. Yeah. And then the ones that, you know, would come out like once every three or four, like months, it felt like it's like, are you even fucking trying? Like, do you want to be in a band? Are you sure this is what you want?
1: (laughs) Yep. They got called out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was so real. It's yeah. It's insane. Now we just time your time, your posts on TikTok or I'm sorry, Instagram, whatnot to get the Mm -hmm. algorithm correct and worry about that. Worry about hitting share and then you're (laughs) good.
0: That's how (laughs) you know, as sad as it is in, it, it's sad in the sense that it's so fucking easy, right? Like, wow, all I have to do is schedule this post. Like, it's so easy in that mindset. But again, you know, because times have changed, and the way that you can get a read on that stuff, you know, back when it was the street team days, or you know, you hit in the streets yourselves, like, cool, is my backpack empty at the end of the night? I know how I did. Right. Now right. you have to look into all the analytics and it's like, okay, this one only got shared 50 times and this one blew up, but but what's the difference? Did I use a a different hashtag or what what triggered this? Yep. Yeah,
1: all the analytics, you know, come into play. And, and again, I think we are so blessed to be able to have so much music and art being, you know, um, distributed into our world. I, I do think that is that is a blessing. It is awesome, regardless if it's too much for somebody or too little and and, and as stubborn as we are it's just what it is and and it it is a great time for artists to be releasing and putting their material out yeah. um, and it just comes down to standing out and finding smart ways to get the eyes and ears um, on your uh, you know on your your personal platform is for the most sure. Uh, for for me anyway my my experience I've, I've only been a month into it at this point maybe a little over a month um, but it was such a learning curve for me you know and I'm I'm sitting here messaging my friends and am like fuck I messed a story up shit I could have put a link in that oh I, what is it on Instagram fuck if I if I mention them they can share it but if I don't then they can't but if I do a real then they can share it on their post or there's just so many some like yeah. posts taking shit down posting take shit down my friends are like let me do it for you and I'm like no let me learn figure out how this I got it down now but you know in the beginning it was it it was it was nerve-wracking it it was different for me but but blessed and it's exciting and now I've felt I you know I've fallen into that you know that that entire uh demographic like I'm checking my numbers how many people saw this okay I'll do this next time I'll do this for this release I'll say this this time. Oh, there's calendars that control when I release shit. All right, that's cool, too. Give me one of those, you know? And it's interesting. keeps things fun. Um, Yeah, me revisiting music this time around is a lot different than anything that I've been used to. But I think the most important thing for me is that I'm having a good-ass time. Uh, I lost a lot of that growing up when it became... A full-time career and it it did depend on how many unit, depending on the amount of units I sold you know more or less like play, started playing the author on like what dinners or meals I can eat at the end of the night or if I was sure. able to pay my cell phone bill and now I live free of any of that stress and I think the music to me is just music and I feel like a teenager and I sit there in rehearsal with my band and it's just the best time that I ultimately don't give a shit it just fucking feels good it sounds huge i'm just having a good time and and I've, i definitely found my my niche so yeah and i keep trying to just write produce great material and just continuously keep putting it out as i've done the majority of my life and um you know i think i'm blessed to be able to just do that from the jump without any you know no pressure or stress or anything that, that sits on the art of it
0: yeah yeah, for sure. Um, and that that actually kind of segues into what I wanted to talk about next, and that is the new single, uh, Lost It, came out about mid-October, right? So we're coming up on two months now, uh, but it's getting really good traction already. And I want to talk a little bit about the sonic metamorphosis that you've went through, because again, Let Live was an amazing project. But it's a very, you know, post-hardcore, pop punk, whatever you want to genre. It like we said earlier, it's so hard to put people in those boxes anymore, anyway. Yeah.
1: But you've
0: you've definitely transitioned into this what feels like a much more almost free form of rock now. You know, like there's a little bit of EDM influence in it, in the in a sense, where there's that electronics in the background and just making this sonically feel so much bigger than you know just you and I know obviously you said there's there's a band behind you but this is your project what was this metamorphosis like to find your sound again and say this is who I identify as now
1: yeah the the process I've definitely seen my darkest days getting getting to that release like There was, for Lost It, I think that was one of the first tracks I wrote four or five years ago, and it has been through so many different versions. Like, I was so clueless. So, I I grew up from a pop background. I've actually never, I didn't grow up being, yeah, I'll just be totally transparent. I didn't grow up listening to, like, hardcore or anything like that. In fact, I was not a fan of it at all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) unless it just like the best shit you know like the yeah. first time slip slipknot record or something i freaked out even being this little bitch-ass pop kid that i was that i was, i played shows for like little girls and we were all teeny boppers and we had like care bears on our guitars and it's like a big softy like i was a softy and then as i as i got older you know me and jason were just childhood friends from the same scene growing up and i just used to go to his shows because they were just cool let live shows and then he would always come those because they were just cool but we sort of like definitely very impactful in, in the local scene on two in two different you know demographics of music um so you know that turned into nearly a decade of my life as the guitarist of this band and and through that band you know I was able to kind of explore more of like the, the hardcore roots and this and that and getting to know different people and their visions and how they formulated you know how they formulate the, the music that they write in this and I just became very all I want to do now is play in a heavy band like I, I don't know how the hell I'd ever get on stage playing like yeah I'll just stop there. I don't know I love I you do not want to be Niall Horn. <laughs> uh, hey. <laughs> you know, funny. like there's just an, the energy just just all of it and and I, I've I've become that guy and and obviously like I think the most reputable thing that I've done proudly was was let live um you know and I got to see the whole world playing a guitar and I think coming out of that was very challenging in a sense of like what am I going to do next because you know I've, I've been singing since I was young I sang backups in Let Live, but I wasn't performing, but I was a a performing vocalist before I was ever even in Let Let Live. And I think after so long, when I started writing songs and then trying to sing on them again, I was so out of shape. And it's almost like I forgot. I forgot how to sing. Um, There were so many different quote unquote characters that sang on Lost It. I auditioned countless amounts of vocalists throughout the years all I was putting to myself through school yeah oh what it was going to sound like um until the end I kind of sat back on a lot of my old material and this and that and like my, my old pop punk bands and I'm like no I'm just I'm just this guy this is just what I sound like like I can't be screaming and yelling and shit because it's just not me that's just not how I it's not how I was brought up I didn't I'm not going to succeed trying to do something, be somebody that I'm just, I'm just not. And I think when I sat down on that couch downstairs and my eyes truly watered because I could not find a singer, but I was writing my lyrics and having other people sing my story was a bit like, I, I didn't know how to really digest it sometimes sitting there. I, I always wished it was me and I knew I was capable, but I didn't have the balls to do it um until again just like experimenting here ditching it experimenting there ditching it and then I just started singing and practicing and then I again revisiting old material I formulated myself I sang on the track I was like oh my god this is your voice like this is cool I still got it great linked up with a couple vocal coaches just to kind of remind myself of you know technique and things like that I definitely put a lot of hours um to building my voice again. and when I was able to do that successfully, now I mean hit tracks all the time and it just poof, all I want to do is yeah. sing on that. So that song kind of came to life. Um, it's been through so many studios, so many sessions. I've deleted it so many times. I've rewrote it so many times, but essentially it kind of all stayed somewhat sonically relevant to, to the right. last version of it. It kind of always stuck to where it was. I got the voice right and when I did that it was done and it was a banger and then I kind of sat back and I I never thought well, I did think actually like are people gonna like this am I gonna be laughed at is this right. not him? am I not aggressive enough is this too soft is it just then I sat back and said that I frankly don't really give a shit so much I think it's awesome and I think people who wanna who are gonna enjoy it you know will enjoy it and i think the story behind it the the mix all of it i mean it, there's something i'm offering something to a huge platform of, of humans i think sonically anyway that will want to listen to something like this i would hope because yeah. all i want care and all i want to do is like create music and audio that'll help people get through you know whatever it is they're going through in life as cliche as that sounds because i've been saying the same shit since oh, music saved my life and I'm doing this to save people. Like I'm doing it to have a good ass time and I'm doing it to share with with my friends and and my fans and my family and thing, people who want to listen right. and anybody who can get anything out of it, I'm, I call that a success and that makes me happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's a, a few things that you said there that really hit for me. Number one was, you know, talking about Not trying to force something, you know, being authentic because, you know, if sure, maybe I can pull off this metal record, but if I don't believe it and don't feel it and am not that person, people are going to see through that, you know, and it's just never going to resonate. Whereas, like you said, coming back and going, you know what? No, this is who I am. Like, I can do this. Um, And then kind of leading into that imposter syndrome that you get, right? I've got this incredible thing in front of me. I love it personally, but now I start questioning what everybody else is, is going to say, am I good enough? Things like that. And it's one of the hardest things to do, but you kind of have to take that step back and say, you know what? Fuck it. I love it. I'm putting it out for me. Even if I'm the only person on Spotify that streams that motherfucker, at least it's out there for me. Truth. Yep. Yeah. Because I I think, uh
1: you know, our, uh, the, this, this culture, every, everything I feel now is like validate, like everybody needs to be validated. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Like I I went through that. I sat down and I'm like, Oh my God, nobody's going to like this. Oh my God. They're going to think I'm stupid. Like you start showing this to, to people, just to have someone say, this is dope. This is sick. Cause then it makes you feel good. Like right. it's, but No, I mean, that's such a, I I think if you keep living your your life like that, you're going to end up being very lonely uh, in the end and could more or less, which I never wish this on anybody, but maybe even in a darker place, because you're never going to feel worthy of of anything, because you will constantly need that affirmation from your peers to let you know that like, you're dope, when you should already know that you're dope, you know, and I live like that where i not i was not confident and i you know I, I didn't have that i didn't think i was cool or good enough and all i want to do is keep serving people and all i was doing was writing for other artists and producing for everyone else everybody else and getting my emotions sucked dry i didn't even know what the hell i was worth to anybody right. um, and so even going into this process of writing this and the departure of of let live and stuff like i got tossed around like managers to labels to this to that and just like use 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 don't give a shit where I am what I'm where I'm sleeping how much money I'm making where I'm eating as long as I was providing a product for their artists so they can all you know capitalize on it and then I get pushed to the side and just not so so a lot of people came in and it was like you know we'll give you a writer we'll we'll give you five writers we'll put 10 writers on this we'll put 12 12 writers on this It's like, you know, I think one of the only other artists I've ever heard say what I'm about to say, and I'm probably going to get in fucking trouble for opening my mouth again, <laughs> is maybe like Eminem, because like, why are you getting, why are you get signed? Why do you get signed to a record company and they come in, they sign your ass and they invest six figures in you or whatever, but they stick 20 writers on your shit. You don't yeah. write it. Like, I, I can't wrap my head around how this became such a normality for everybody. Yeah. And it got pushed on me. And I was like, why do you want to work with me then? Like, you can get a better looking individual who looks better on social media. I mean, because ultimately, that's kind of what's happening. Like, you get your writers to come in, write tracks. They're just the face of it. And then they get on stage and hit keyboard. Every track is backed. It looks right. dope. You say, I'm an artist. And I'm fucking this and I'm that. But I didn't never do that. I I didn't have anybody come in and write or help or anything. I sat downstairs and I fucking took the stress to the stomach. I've definitely cried. I've sat because I'm desperate for it. You know, like there was moments in that era of writing all of this where I'm like, I want it so fucking bad. Like, I want to be back on stage. I want to I want to do what I do where I belong because right now I'm just taking fucking a million final exams in classrooms around people that I don't have anything in common with. Right. Um, It was very hard and challenging. And I think with tracks like lost it, I'm very transparent and vulnerable um, in a sense of like, I'm, I'm exposing all of that. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm coming out here telling everybody like I'm this perfect artist and I'm great. And I have millions of dollars backing me and 40 writers and all this. No, I'm I'm hundred percent supportive of like the the blue collar um, individuals in this world. When I was exposed to like construction and realizing these people were waking up at three or four in the morning and were grinding and cleaning trash and building shit for everyone else to, that I never knew anything about ever. And so the majority of the whole record lost it included is how I'm just stuck in. I live two separate lives. Like, My nine to five is this corporate fucking toy where it's just like, yes, no, ma'am. But you give me a paycheck so I can make music, keep a roof of my head, go through that to get here on a podcast with your handsome face. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't talk about that. And I think it's important to know that like we are not all perfect. Like I'm flawed as fuck. And I was in so much debt and broke. And this is what I had to go through to show my face back on a stage again. Like I worked so hard to, to get here and this yeah. is what I do it. And I don't think it should be anything anybody's embarrassed of. Like you should never be embarrassed to work a day job right now, especially in this climate of, of music. You should be proud of that. You, you know, you're getting up every morning to support your family, your whatever your situation is. Right. To get on a stage, because it's fucking hard. Like it's it's hard. And it's, this is coming from somebody who's done it Pre puberty, you know, <laughs> um, and I got to live through all of these different chapters and the, the evolution of our industry. And, um, I wanted to take that and tell the story. And yeah. lost is that lost it is always about like the dichotomy of two worlds and how I'm trying to like navigate my way back into being a full time artist. But I got to sit at that fucking desk, and anything that I touch seems feels poisonous. I, I convey music video when we we're writing the treatment is like i have all these plugs stuck inside of me and i can't detach myself from it because i'm wired and if i pull the plug on it i'm dead like i, I can't survive i have no food my niece has no toys there, there's nothing like i i can't play i can't put my band in a van or whatever it's gonna be we're gonna put our shit in backpacks on a bicycle and start riding across the country if i, if I try to do that but, <laughs> always want to keep it authentic because i'm a normal ass guy and i just love making i'm not trying to be something that i'm not and you know i think that's that's important to me to allow i think i'll be able to connect with people on a more personal level letting them know that like yeah i work every day i work my ass off every day to pay my support myself to enable me to play music because I'm not selling CDs for 10, 12, 15 bucks a pop anymore. Cause that shit was dope. Right. <laughs> I was fucking selling out venues, selling so many units, plus merch. Like we're chilling. Yeah. Now put a song out, what is it every million? 0. 0.0003 cents a pop for every something stream. like that. Yeah. Every yeah. million, 500 dollars or something. You know that 50% of it goes to your publishing, the other 50 is mine, and I split. Yeah. Like it's tough. So most important thing is I'm having a good time and I got to eliminate the, the financial aspects from all of this and am just enjoying it. So
0: yeah, for sure. I got, sorry. I No, uh, took- <laughs> no I am totally cool with it because I, I think it is important, especially as you kind of reintroduce yourself as yourself, but like also bringing fixed English to the world. Anybody's getting to experience what fixed English is. So, you know, I think that's an important step in this process.
1: You know what else is an important step in this process? What's These that? That I have to change my band name in January. And I think maybe now is a good time to say that in case people are listening, because I'm not allowed to use fixed English. It was like, we should look at it. And I said, no, no, let's look at it like this. Like, we're, you know, we're backed by so many press uh press and promotional uh, outlets that jumped on this so fast whether that was like even in the uk like having kerrang and rock sound and like like yeah. right jump it was just such so, so much beautiful momentum got backed from it you know and then even watching the spotify and like all of the personal playlists and the replays that this is getting played on and then i had to kind of you know I got myself caught in a situation obviously and had to stop but just I sit back and I'm still watching all of this and like this is such a beautiful thing I'm so protective of this for the entire that I'm trying to build it's my friends my team my band change the name I'm strong enough to to continue to rebuild that's all I've done I'm not afraid of it all good dude
0: fuck it let's just be done and and move forward yeah, and
1: this is supposed to be like exciting and, you know, very, a very excitable chapter in all of our lives and or yeah. me, myself. Like, it's it's exciting and it's cool. And I want to keep laughing. I want to keep having like awesome conversations with people. Like I want to play cool shows. Like I, I do this because I want to have a good time. I do it because I love it. It's who I am. Right. I don't do this to like get in these like contracts, like 20 something. I have no fucking idea what I'm looking at. Like you look at it want to play music and make noise and yeah now with the releases you know i reach out to these other djs or people i'm fans of they're in different worlds like the the remix that's coming out in in on uh, on thursday is like a straight edm track from like my alt rock electro synth pop thing whatever but it's like hey man i want to open my doors here and he opens it up too and like you know let's combine studios and brains and heads and we'll do it together because it's music and yeah. it's it's global language that we all share amongst one another like it's it's beautiful it's it's supposed to be beautiful it's it's you know there are emotions it's there's so much that goes behind it i am yeah. so intimate with my art and it's another love in my life like i so when you open up to these DJs and people jump in and I have a bunch of remixes already, like these people reside in different worlds and they think about music differently than I do. And it's yeah. fucking so cool. So dope. Yeah. Nobody's doing anybody. Nobody's, nobody's giving a shit. You know, we're just yeah. having a good time. We want people to hear it. And, you know, and granted, if it is receptive, people are recep- receptive of it in a very positive way. Awesome. And if they're not, that's okay too. Like we had a good time and, you know, we're putting more audio out in the world. Yeah. Doing each other over. And over, over stupid shit, over four letters. Uh, <laughs> it's Uh More of a story. It's it's more of a story. For sure. I get to talk about this now. And it's like, this happened to me. Literally three weeks after I dropped the first song.
0: Yeah. Which is, again, a huge testament to you, I think, because that song obviously made such a splash that it showed up on his radar. And I think that's that's just a precursor of what's to come for you. Because if the very first thing that you release is blowing up like that or getting enough recognition like that, the sky's the limit, man. I mean, it's, it's really going to be awesome to see where this goes.
1: Thanks. I can't wait for you to hear the next song in January. It's yeah. just, it's good.
0: Yeah. So no. good. Like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll definitely keep you posted on when this goes live and everything. Um, I'm, super excited for you I want to see everything that comes thank
1: you so much the means of the world yeah I do truly thanks man thanks for having yeah.
0: me and taking an hour out of your life to you know talk to me that's yeah. that's I appreciate it thank you yeah. yeah not a problem man I'm sure we'll talk down the road too so um, you know stay safe and keep pushing keep grinding you too my friend I'll definitely talk to you enjoy all right sounds good man see you later bye bye. And that was my conversation with Jeffy. Uh, Huge shout out to him for taking the time to have that conversation with me. Um, You guys know, you know, that anytime there's uh, time zone differences and stuff like that, um, it's always cool that they make time for me. And, you know, also... I I didn't you know fanboy on him too much or anything like that even before the the recording part of the episode, uh, but Let Live is a fucking iconic band and you know when I was growing up that was a band that um, was there you know was was in that rotation of artists that I was listening to that were making an influence on the music scene and uh, as a whole really not even just in the post hardcore genre like they were making waves across the music industry and um it's just really dope to see you know that um someone kind of from my quote unquote childhood youth whatever uh is moving forward with their own stuff as well and um evolving their sound and staying true to themselves and really pursuing what's making them happy not that let live wasn't making him happy or anything like that but you know just being able to to step outside of that post hardcore uh box and really explore sound spaces it's really dope to see and i'm stoked for you guys to check out Erase theory um the debut ep is dropping very very soon it's going to be self-titled as well so be on the lookout for that as always I will have the socials linked in the description of this podcast. So, be sure you jump over there, like, share, subscribe, follow, all that shit. Um, just show him love, show him support, and you know, check out the music. Hopefully, it's something that you're into, and uh, if it is, share it with your friends and things like that. If it's not, you know, cool. It, it's not. That's not a big deal. Um, but that's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. Uh, Keep your eyes out, because we've got a lot of cool shit coming, um, a lot of cool guests coming up on both podcasts, so uh, we will have a new episode of Musicians for Mental Health very soon as well, um, and yeah, you know, I think that this is going to be a big year for, uh, hopefully, for <laughs> us at, here at the podcast and the the website, whatever you want to call it, uh, and I think the music industry as a whole is in a really prime position to have just a stellar year. So, um, yeah, remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.